first day of OTAs was an awful lot of fun, just from the reporting standpoint. So much to see, so many players to interview, because they all become available on the first day when they haven't talked in months. And so much that was learned. I'm not even sure where to start with you in terms of priority, but I do know that I tend to start with what I think is the most important room in the building. That's the offensive line. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of penguins and pirates that I hope you'll check out. Day one of OTAs, organized training activity for those of you who are new to the sport, occurred yesterday on the south side. I was over there taking in the practice and then the access period afterward in the locker room. And per usual, I'm limited in what I can share unless it was confirmed by somebody in the room. So for example, I can tell you that Hakeem Butler made a terrific catch because I was there when Butler was asked if he did in fact make a terrific catch and he acknowledged that he had. I can tell you that George Pickens made an unbelievable catch deep downfield because I confirmed that as well. But beyond that, I got to keep it to myself because rules are rules. What I don't have to keep to myself is the state and the mindset of the big boys up front because that's who I went to first and foremost to the two guys who very much appear to have lost their starting jobs after holding them for a couple of years. Those, of course, being Kevin Dotson and Dan Moore Jr. Dotson might have lost his initially when Nate Herbig was signed, as Dotson confirmed for me yesterday, saying that he was told when Herbig was signed that it would be a competition in camp. And then Isaac Seomalu was signed and There was no more talk of competition. That's Isaac's job. He's one of the best guards in the NFL. And they didn't pay him a gazillion dollars to enter into some kind of competition. Moore lost his job, again, presumably, in a much higher profile nature when Broderick Jones was drafted. Now, for the record, Moore confirmed for me that he was starting with the first team yesterday in drills, but there's nobody, including Moore, that takes that seriously. Uh, That doesn't mean that Jones is the absolute drop-dead starter on day one of the coming season, but I'll be very, very, very surprised if he isn't. And so, by the way, will Moore. So, in talking with Dotson, For a while, it became pretty clear that he wasn't wild about the way some stuff was communicated. He was a little bit confused at being told by the coaching staff that he'd been getting better. They didn't like the penalties, but that was their only real complaint. And so I asked the following question. 
I can't think of a better way to ask this. Are you mad? I'm not really mad. No? It's just part of the game. I, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. So, so there's no reason to worry about it. I feel like I can change the, if I go somewhere else or if I stay here. I feel like I'll get my opportunity enough to do something. Did you feel like you grew, though, over the course of the season? I know you did because we talked about yeah, it after I, every game. Like after yeah. like the last nine games of the season, yeah. I was I feel like I was going in my stride and I felt like I was getting better. Uh, they was telling me I was better. Like just you know, and they they was talking like a lot of good stuff during the off season. Like they'll call me and stuff like that. So I mean, still I can't blame them. I guess it's part of the game. Hey, good for him. Good for him. Uh, there's no reason that he shouldn't believe in himself. There's no reason that he should look at his own career after his own positional coaches, notably Pat Meyer. We're telling him, hey, we like this about you. We like this area in which we feel you've improved markedly. Uh, We have concerns about the penalties. He had 12 of them, the highest on the team last year. Moore had 10. He had the second highest. So don't take penalties if you're an offensive lineman. But those two also had, as I've been saying on this show for a good many weeks now, They had reason to believe that they were going to be part of the future. They had reason to believe that they were a good fit for what it is that the Steelers hope to do on offense. As much as both would occasionally struggle with pass protection, they most certainly did not struggle when it came to run blocking, especially not Dotson. This dude's just a bull. When I talked to Moore, he was a a, a lot more uh, even keeled about it. You're going to have to trust me when I tell you that he felt the same way about the same scenario. To an extent, when you're a professional football player, you do have to think about yourself. and You do have to think about your career. It's short. Both of these guys, if there was any kind of opportunity to go to another team for a trade to happen or whatever else, they would take it. They would take it. It doesn't mean that they're demanding it. It doesn't mean they're whispering about it or anything like that. But they see themselves as starters in the NFL, and they would like the opportunity to display that. Now, all that said, please do not confuse anything that I'm saying here as even the most remote criticism of the acquisitions themselves. The Steelers' offensive line is better with Selmalu at left guard. There's nobody, including Dotson, who'd argue with that. Dotson told me himself, Isaac's one of the best in the league at what he does. He didn't have to say that. He could have talked it up as if it was some kind of, you know, I'm going to take this guy down or whatever. No, he just called it like it is. And Jones at left tackle, when it happens, not if, is seen as someone who could be a fixture over there for like a decade or something. So the team got better. The team had every right to get better. And Andy Weidel, who was brought up by a lot of these offensive line guys as being the one who was most instrumental in this, not least of which was because uh, both Herbig and Selmalu came from the Eagles. Weidel got his wish. This is what he wanted. This is what he talked about. Remember the little dialogue from a couple weeks back about being uh, more intimidating on the bus? 
on the way to the stadium, that stuff, that's that's what this is. This offensive line is better than the one from last year. So please don't conflate what I'm saying here. I still believe that Moore and or Dotson can be starters in this league. I don't know that it'll be here, but I do feel comfortable after the conversations that I had with each of them yesterday that you're not going to see some kind of, you know, distraction or whatever. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Sean, who says... Hey, DK, is it possible that George Pickens' routes were limited by his knee injury that he had from college? I I know that he came back the same year after being injured, but maybe he rushed it. Maybe they were being careful with it. No, Sean, that is not possible. Uh, I have not heard anything to that effect The only thing I've heard about George's knee, including from George himself, is that he's 100%. That's the only way he would have come back into what you're referencing there, which is the national championship game for Georgia in which he had a 56-yard touchdown. Uh, There's no way you're entering an NFL draft and risking everything by going out there and playing in that game. As fun as college football is, it doesn't pay the bills. And also, since I kind of gave a, a, a glancing mention of this in the opening segment, George had himself a catch yesterday. Went way up. Uh, came down with it with his hand against his right shoulder, one-handed against his shoulder, and then went crashing back onto his upper back, but it bounced up like a rubber ball, like it was nothing. This is a special individual. I will not, at the risk of repeating stuff from yesterday's show, tolerate any Pickens negativity around me. This is someone who needs to be treated as the number one priority for getting going, for busting out on this offense. And that, of course, it includes Kenny Kenny's got to be looking for him. Kenny can't get too reliant on Deontay just because Deontay is open all the time. It doesn't mean Deontay gets the job done. And sometimes Deontay's open just because he's coming back to you. And if he comes back to you, he can continue coming back to you after he catches the ball. He can end up running right past you, in fact, toward the end zone behind you. George, you need to find a way to get him involved. You need to find plays. I saw one yesterday, and I allowed to talk about it, that looked like it would be a really, really good George play at some point in the season. All of that's going to be on the coordinator. Really, it just is. And then from there, it's going to be on the coordinator and the individual positional coaches to make sure that George is executing it properly, that he's reading the defense properly. But the rest of it, the rest of it, The way George went up over it was two dudes, two guys back there, went up over them, came down with it. 
crashes on his upper back like it's nothing. This is a this is a special football player and needs to be treated as such. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers. Another session of OTAs today, and we'll be back doing another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.